to you by the Georgia Governor's Office of Highway Safety, reminding you to buckle up, Georgia. Welcome into the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast here at Georgia Public Broadcasting. Thanks for accessing us however you are, large device or small. Today's guest, Justin Rogers, coming off a big win against Marietta. He's the head coach of the Calcutt County Packers. Cannot wait to talk to him. So how's the studio? Wait, John, you're not here? Yes. Well, I mean, I, I guess I am in two dimensions, maybe, not necessarily three. So how does it look? I'm sitting right next to you. I didn't realize you were here. I'm I'm that much of a, I have that much of a personality, <laughs> huh? The cardboard cutout is fantastic, John. For those who are not watching it's, on the video version, you so must. You're, so you're saying that the cardboard cutout has more life than I do in real life. I see how this works. See, I was wondering because you're kind of relaxed, kind of laid back, a little disheveled today. So I was wondering if you were not feeling so well, but but well, now no, I, I realize I, you're not I here. Am, I am disheveled. I will grant you that <laughs> because of what's going on, uh, being in two places at once. And thanks to uh, Sandy Sandy and uh, Jahi the Magnificent and uh, King James, who is helping us out, as always, every single week with the show. I am in, as we're talking, Fitzgerald, Georgia, in the middle of day one of the Southern Swing, and so doing two things at once, you've got uh, you've got the con up there with uh, with Commander Sandy Jahi the Magnificent and King James, and you're you're running the show while I am in two places at once this week. How has Southern Swing been? I've seen some pictures on social media of you all over the place. So give us an update on where you've been and what you've seen. It's been pretty good so far. Our first stop was Rochelle, Georgia, to catch up with Wilcox County and the Stowe Show. And there are now three Stowe's, uh, one, two, actually four Stowe's. It's uh, two of the Rob Stowe's uh, children, or kids are on the roster. And he's also got uh, one of the, his other sons is now a, a student coach is there as well. So it's fun to catch up with everybody there in Rochelle. We just caught up with Tucker Pruitt and Fitzgerald. And now we are on our way to Osceola to catch up with uh, Casey Soliday and Irwin County as we're talking. And then we have one, two, three, four, about another six stops before the end of the day goes here. And uh, we're in good, a good start so far. Good to catch up with folks. And they're, and they're really happy to see us and see a GPB down here in South Georgia. I wish you could see this because every time you talk, they ISO you in the camera. <laughs> well, they should. I can't take this seriously at all this is amazing um well then why don't you just toss to the interview that way you can get a good laugh in <laughs> not yet john i'm not done with you yet i hear buckles i hear car doors i also heard you're getting recognized on the road tell tell the fans tell the john nelson fans the story oh well i mean it's it's just it's so it's so funny when uh people they'll sit there and they'll drive past you and they'll point and then a little one go oh i know you and then you get uh, you i get know that face I know that face. Yeah. And it's in three dimensions. It's not a cardboard cutout. It's the actual real deal. And so, no, it's been, it's been fun to, to see folks as well. And, uh, you know, just kind of see everybody. And I know that we're in week one headed toward week two of the regular season and, uh, figure out where we're going and, and get to directions electronically and figure out where we go place to place. But, uh, tomorrow as we're talking, it'll be the wire grass. And then, uh, day three, we'll be heading back toward Atlanta. So we should be back in, uh, uh, late Wednesday night with, uh, I think, another 850 or 900 miles put on the van by the time we're done. It'll be fun. 
Nice. I can't wait to get to editing these videos and getting them out on our social <laughs> platform. It's so much fun. So much more work for me. I'm just yes. kidding. I'm looking forward to it. Okay. Last thing about your Southern Swing. Where do you plan on eating? Okay. I need the Guy Fieri version when you get back. Any stops you guys are looking forward to? Well, let's see. Flavortown initially for Wes was a, a chicken restaurant here in Fitzgerald because, of course, you know, when you're in Fitzgerald, you have to do the, the thing where, where you're talking about chicken. Oh, yeah. Uh, Valdosta, Valdosta tonight, as we're talking, might be something fairly plain because I think we'll probably be on the verge of collapse by the time we get to the hotel. Uh, and then uh, lunch tomorrow might be Waycross, I'm okay. thinking. Waycross or Blackshear, somewhere in there. Uh, and then dinner will be in Brunswick, where we will have done another uh, 10 or 11 hour day. And once again, get your food, go to the hotel room and collapse. And uh, lunch might be Dublin Wednesday on our way home. So that, those are the cities that I'm anticipating in this connect the dots version of what's going on. Nice. I cannot wait to hear all about it. All right. I want to talk about some big upsets from week one. But before we do that, Sandy has some congratulations in order for you, John. Uh -oh. well, you know, speaking of big upsets, and since I do give John a hard time about this, I wanted to give a shout out to his Lakeside Atlanta squad for the big win. Yes, we beat Burkmore. I know it. 27 game losing streak comes to an end. So congrats to Lakeside on that. I saw that and I was like, we beat Burkmore and we've got one on the board. Although, uh, Lasseter, however, mm. lost. This womp, past week. womp. Lakeside, 21 to 12. That's more points than they scored all season last year. And Lasseter falls to River Ridge, 35 to 16. Uh huh. So, One of the best running backs in the state, Amir Morrison. So that's uh, that's what you're looking at with that. So that'll be fun. Well, at least one of us got the win. We should have some sort of like fun bet with whoever's team wins the most games at the end of the season. We'll have to we'll have to come up with something fun. See, but the thing is, this could be this could be tilted because of uh, Commander Sandy and her Decatur. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Johnny the Magnificent and his particular school, and then King James. So I don't know that if. Uh, all of us are involved, then it's probably going to be uh, Commander Sandy winning and then the rest of us having to do something. I know. I know. We can just go ahead and give you the win, Sandy, on that one. <laughs> All right. Week one is in the books. No more week zero. Right, John? It's official. No more week zero. It is official. It is. Week one was week one, so we're no, no longer talking week zero. So week one has passed as we get ready for week two. Major GBB poll shakeups. By far the biggest surprise was the defending 7A state champs, Grayson, losing to Creekside 19-14. to with that, the Seminoles move up in the polls. Grayson did lose 25 college scholarship seniors off last year's championship mm -hmm. team, John. Thoughts on that? Yep. Yeah, you've got that one. You've got uh, Pierce County losing to Brunswick. But once again, you're talking, mm -hmm. I think, 3A and 5A. Yep. And don't be surprised, sorry, 6A, where Brunswick is concerned. Don't be surprised if Brunswick makes it into the polls this week. And then uh, Prince Avenue lost to Calvary Day. Calvary Day, remember, made it into, I want to say, game 13 last year for them. So great run for them, and they've continued their work down there on the coast. Who once again lost Brock Vandegriff and uh, a lot of other folks there as seniors. So big wins for them as well as they're, they're heading into a week twos and, and game twos across the board. 
One more for me. Jefferson posted an impressive 22-13 win over number two, Rabin County. Dragons got a big game from newcomer commerce transfer Sammy Brown, who earlier in the week had been ranked by 247 Sports as the overall number five national prospect in the country and the number one sophomore LB in the nation, John. Downtown Sammy Brown, 79-yard mm-hmm. touchdown run after uh, Rabin County had a 7-0 lead, and then all uh, Malachi Starks had to do was uh, toss <laughs> toss pitch right, and 79 yards later, downtown Sammy Brown makes it 7-7. And then in the second quarter, it was uh, two quick scores, and it was 22-7 at the break, ended up 22-13 final. I give uh, head coach Gene Cathcart and the uh, Jefferson Dragons a lot of credit for taking the air out of the ball yeah. and not really allowing Gunnar Stockton and Rabin County any kind of rhythm. Really, you know, the numbers that you're not used to seeing when it comes to, uh, you know, when it comes to a, a Gunnar Stockton kind of night where Gunnar only goes 10 of 19 for 136 and he only rushed for 59 yards or 56 yards. So you're looking at 195 yards total offense from wow. Gunnar Stockton on the night. So great work defensively by Jefferson and then offensively taking the air out of the ball and playing keep away for a lot of the night. Slowing down Gunner is not easy. All right, one team that did not get upset, the Colquitt County Packers. And Justin Rogers is our guest this week. Let's get right to it. Let's talk to him. So, Coach, first question, you come back from being down 12 nothing to beat Marietta 28-25. What are some of your takeaways in the overall now that you've had a couple of days to look at it? Uh, biggest takeaway is just um, just how proud I am of our group. We uh, we got a young team this year. We, we've got six sophomores starting on offense. Uh, we've got some seniors on defense, but it's their first year starting, uh, first time kind of being in those moments. And so you can see the you know inexperience a little bit early in that game in the first quarter. But uh, I just love the tenacity they had and the fact that they just didn't give up on each other. They continued to play hard and love each other and uh, found a way to win a game in a tough, you know, on the road in a tough environment. And uh, that's the biggest thing. You just kind of see them galvanize together and uh, continue to chip away at that thing. And so I'm, I'm extremely proud of them because this is a, a real young team we've got. Yeah, trailed 12 nothing in the first quarter, like John said, 18-7 to in the third. A couple of your playmakers stepped up. You had running back Charlie Pace rushed for 127 yards on 29 carries. Sophomore quarterback Nico Fan made his first start. He was 8 of 16 passing for 99 yards. What was the biggest difference in the game, and what did you think about some of your playmakers making some moves? Yeah, biggest difference in the game was just turnovers. I thought, I thought um, you know, right there about, about middle of the second quarter and definitely in the third quarter, I thought our defense did an unbelievable job getting after their quarterback. Um, I'm telling you right now, that quarterback from Marietta is really, really good. And, um, and I thought we did a good job of kind of making him uncomfortable, moving it off the pocket. We were able to force a turnover there on a speed option with him and get a scoop and score. And then we came back and was able to block a punt. And so being able to you know, kind of win the turnover battle there, three to one, and not only win it, but then get two scores off of it and find the ways to scores, you know, unconventionally as our offense continues to grow. That was the biggest deal there. So when you look at this spring and summer and getting ready for this season, how normal was it or what was it like to get back to this new normal when it comes to getting ready for football seasons for you? Yeah, it felt good. I mean, it did. It, it The summer – I'm going to tell you, the summer felt normal. 
I mean, it really felt normal. Um, everything went really well. We was able to go and, and get on campuses. You know, we went to Troy, went to Auburn for seven on sevens. We hosted a bunch. We had both our shoulder pad camps. Um, the summer was great and it felt normal. Now, you know, you use the term new normal because when school started, I think we all kind of got slapped right back in the face a little bit because this thing all of a sudden spiked back up on everybody, right? But, you know, the summer, you didn't deal with it near as much. But now that school started, it's come back and, you know, we're having some issues. We're having to deal with it. But now summer was great. So summer back to normal, but things are getting a little shaky now. Things were certainly shaky last season. What did you learn about yourself as a coach last year going through an unprecedented pandemic? Well, the biggest thing I learned is uh, stress causes gray hairs because I got a lot more of them. <laughs> but um, that, that'd be one thing. But now, you know, you just you practice what you preach. I mean, that's what I think all football coaches had to do. I mean, what do we tell these kids, you know, uh, understanding how to respond to adversity, be able to, to make adjustments, be able to control the controllables, right? You know, all those, those little things that we want to teach our team about how to become a man and how to do things. Well, we had to practice what we preached last year because there were so many things that we didn't control. There were so many things that were outside of our wheelhouse that we had to accept and, and just be able to deal with them. We got shut down twice last year. And there's nothing I can do about it. And so you just adjust, re, refocus, regroup, and, and control the things you can. And, and we're dealing with it now. I mean, I had, I had two guys. I had a starter, uh, two starters, rather, uh, out last week against Marietta that were, you know, quarantined. And it just is what I got. Another one's going to be out this week, you know, quarantined. And so uh, starter. And it, but I, this year, I can tell you what I'm doing this year. I ain't worried as much. I stressed over a little bit last year. Uh, this year, it is what it is, and everybody's dealing with it. And so, next man approach. But I think the biggest thing all us coaches learned is is just being able to practice what we preach, be able to control those controllables, and be able to just keep the main thing, the main thing, and focus as we're going through this pandemic because everybody's dealing with it. When it comes to your non-region schedule, and because, and I guess this will be a two-part question for me as we go here, when it comes to being in one of the toughest regions in the state, if not the Southeast, and really if not the country, and then having to schedule all of these non-region games and make sure at the same time that you're as healthy as you can be going into this region schedule of yours, how challenging is it to be in a region that's really a mini region where everything is amplified? Yeah, that's a really good question because it, it's tough now. I mean, you know, you're going to, you're going to have that three-game gauntlet you know, in our region, and so you got to go find seven games. And so it ain't anybody knocking at the door to play you now. And so, no. Uh, <laughs> no they ain't, they ain't, some of them dodging phone calls. But uh, it's, uh, it's tough. <laughs> but now this year we really heavy front-loaded our schedule uh, the last two years, and we didn't get to play it all last year. But, you know, coming in with a Marietta, a Westlake, a Cedar Grove, and a Valdosta, I mean, that's going to be heavily front-loaded. And so those four games were designed to really make us grow up, find out, answer questions, because those are good, good teams. And so you're going to leave with answers. You hope you, you, know, you like the answers. But you're going to leave with answers to things because of how good they are. And then uh, we try to go to that middle three, which we got a really good program in Northside Warner Robins with a lot of tradition there. 
um, to be able to go through right there. And then you've got two games to kind of try to hopefully, because like you said, you, you can't go out there and play everybody like that because you won't be healthy for region, right? And so we've got us some teams that, that we hope that we can kind of go in and do well against uh, to kind of get back health because it's just, when you play this caliber teams, it's just so physical it wears on your depth. Um, and then we, we have that bye right. We take a bye right before the region to try to heal up any bangs and bruises uh, before we get into that South Georgia schedule. But we're hoping next year when we do our schedule, we want to get more of a South Georgia feel to it and continue to add more South Georgia teams that we're playing. You come home for your first home game this Friday. It is a non-region game. you got a couple of non-region games in a row before you get to that region play, like you said. Westlake, how are you preparing for them? What are your expectations? My expectations are they got a lot of 2X and 3X jerseys in their repertoire. Oh, man. Uh, Oh, my God. They are huge. That's one of the biggest teams I think I've ever seen. Um, They're huge. They're big. Um, They're no doubt. And so they're going to be a tough, tough, tough task. Um, Glad we're playing in the hog pen. Ain't no doubt about that now. We love that we're playing here at home and not having to make that trip up north. But uh, Atlanta's going to be a tough, tough, tough one out. Because they're they're so huge on both lines of scrimmage, uh, just not only uh, size wise but length too. They're tall, and then the quarterback. Working, I mean, we faced a great quarterback last week. We're going to face another good one. I mean, he is really really good. Had a great year last year, and that's that's one thing you got to say is they know how to win. I mean, they had a great year last year. They know how to win football games. They know what it takes. And so you're not going to come in here and intimidate them. They're, they're going to be ready to play, and, and they've knocked off some really good teams. And so they're going to be tough for us, and it's just going to be trying to take away the big plays, try not to let them get those big chunk plays with that running back and the receiving game that they had. The quarterback was involved with, and every, every touchdown they scored against Archer, you know, whether he threw it or ran it. And so, um, so yeah, they're, they're going to be tough, and they are going to be large boy. Whew. Well, and you mentioned those two X's and those three X's, and they're going up against your your young pups. And I mean, and that's, I guess, another dynamic of this early non-region, very tough schedule is that you want them to grow into their roles. And they're having to do that first week against Marietta, where they're having to learn how to come from behind. And this game against Westlake, they're going up against guys. I mean, it's safe to say, Coach, that those two X's and three X's are bigger than your 16-year-olds in a lot of cases. I mean, it's a different set of challenges going week to week here. And they're going to be a little bit bigger than our five foot 170 170-pound Mike linebacker. You know, and so ain't <laughs> yeah. no doubt. I mean, they're they going to swallow him. But that's, but that's where the tradition, that's where the pride. I mean, you got to remember now, that one thing about all boys is they grew up their whole life want to put on this black and gold mm-hmm. like it, it means something it's important and um and they want to play in that hog pen and they wanted to be a packer their entire life and it's just awesome to watch the tenacity and the heart and the effort that they play with and again so that's what that's what we've got to do we're going to have to go out there and go harder longer we're going to have to go out there and just play more with better effort i and um and then we just kind of sacrifice our bodies uh, to be able to get out there and get that done. But but these guys do that because it just it means so much, this this tradition, this these, these kids that grow up in this town. And so that's where that pride, when you're, you're outmanned, outmanned, that pride has to step up. 
Well, this is your third season as a Packer. Do you feel like you've finally settled in? I, I feel the passion in your voice now. Um, how does it feel, and, and what things have you learned most about the team in the town? Oh, yeah, yeah, we're close. Yeah, we're settling in for sure, no doubt. You know, going into year three anyway, you start settling in. Last year, it's almost like it put everything on pause because you couldn't you couldn't do as much in the community and, and be involved as much as we'd like to have been. And so it was kind of a, a weird year to be able to kind of continue to, to, to be involved in this community. But the biggest thing, you know, what have I learned in three years being here is, man, it, it just means more. It just simply means more down here. Uh, the, the, the community, the fan support, the, the people here, they love the Packers. And that ain't no new love now. That's, that's <laughs> a love that goes back a long, long time. And uh, they, they care for this team. They care for the, the growth of these young men. And it's just a great, great small town down here in South Georgia. And, um, and so that's the biggest thing. And then we've got a great staff. You know, so we we put together, you know, now uh, you're going into year three, we've been able to put together a really good group of men and a good staff. And so the biggest thing is you, you ain't got to do it by yourself because here you're able to put together a good staff. And so I just drew the short straw to be, get to be the head coach, but it's it's by no means a one-man <laughs> show down here. We we got a unbelievable staff. And so, you know, being able to lean on them and, and being able to allow them to have so much influence and input because we've got a wealth of knowledge. All right. So since you're apparently looking at my notes, uh, my next question was (laughs) – No, 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 Coach, looking at my notes, it's like, all right, so my next question has to do with that staff and bringing in someone like an Ashley Anders who has been through the head coach wars in South Georgia with his time at Tift. And and I've got to get my voice prepared for this next name here. All right. Alan Rodemaker. Having you know, having a rod there as a, as a part of this. I mean, this is this is experience on experience on experience that you have helping you out now. Uh, in addition to the coaches that have been there with you, I mean, you're you're adding some heavyweight names who know what it's like in these communities and what football means. It's it's at that added dimension that you have bringing guys like this in this year. Yeah, ain't no doubt. I mean, and and, it, and this is such a huge year to have that because. I mean, if you're going to play with a young team that doesn't have experience, let's make sure we got a staff that does have experience, right, that they can lean on. And um, so we've been blessed now to be able to put together a, a, a great group of coaches. Uh, what people don't realize, we have seven coaches on our staff that have head coaching experience that have been a head coach. And so uh, obviously you hit on, you know, Coach Rod, Alan Rodemaker, and, um, and he, is, you know, he came on last year. He was on D.C. last year. And it made a huge influence on our defense and, and on our football team. And I say that, our football team, because obviously he does a great job running our defense, but, I mean, he, he does. He just makes an impact in the weight room and our program with all of our guys because he has been there, done that, has the experience, and just a great guy. And, again, like you said, has the greatest coaching voice ever. And, uh, <laughs> he's got the greatest coaching not. voice. You just need to tell him. You just need to ask him. He's got that great coaching voice. I know it, man. It's also everybody's got their rod impersonations, right? Like everybody's got got to be able to do a rod impersonation when you get to know him. But then this year is when we were able to really add some heavy hitters, and so we we obviously you already talked about Ashley Anders, uh, the head coach at Tift. Uh, man, been in college, coached at Valdosta State, Murray State, Georgia's uh, Southern as the um, DC. Uh, just so much experience with Coach Anders. Uh, been around this game for many, many, many years, knows this region, 
And so when everything happened there, I mean, it was a quick phone call for me, like, hey, brother, I got a spot for you. You go look and see, but, you know, just know this is where you need to be at. And we tried to pursue him hard to get him and was able to do it. And then uh, Byron Slack. Yes. I mean, by, people don't realize the heavy hitter Byron Slack is. Uh, he's our assistant head coach. Uh, he's my right-hand man. I love Coach Slack. He was the head coach at Hillgrove last year. And many people know him for his heyday as the D.C. at uh, Lowndes and Camden for all those runs. Uh, when they played the state title, I mean, Lowndes' defense that last year, he was there, was still one of the best defenses I've ever went against. And um, Byron Slack is impactful. He's an impactful man on the uh, use of our program and our kids. Um, heck, he's, he's impactful on me because he's just such a great person, too. And uh, he's a great football coach with a lot of years' experience. People don't realize he was an assistant strength and conditioning coach back in the day at Auburn, and, and uh, he has done so many great things and great programs. And so he's huge to have. And so and then we added, and he's on our ninth-grade staff and runs the offense for them, but he helps us on Friday nights a lot and Sundays. Is uh, People don't probably know this, Bill Shaver. Coach Shaver, oh, wow. Bill Shaver, head coach from Thomas County Central. Wow. And so he's on our staff. So we've added him to our staff. He runs our ninth grade program, and, and he has been a great person for me to lean on and, again, ask stuff. And so you've got a lot of a lot of head coaches on this staff that have been there. Coach, coach Buck Hansen and Joe Thornton has too. So I remember when I put it together, having some coaching buddies of mine call me and say, you know, man, Coach, I see where you've hired all these guys, and you're a little nervous having all these egos in the room and all these former head coaches in the room and you know and and I wasn't at the time because I'm just not that way anyway but then when I got them in here and we got to working together man it ain't I mean it it just slid in together just like a a little nice puzzle because all of these guys are great men they're just great men and great people they ain't got no egos they just want to impact kids and win football games and that's it and so it's it's been easy. It's been so easy, and it's been very refreshing. It's been a lot of fun. And so uh, going through you know this year, you know as we were starting off with this young team, it's just you know that they're well coached. You know they're going to be playing. And so it makes it a lot easier to watch them grow up and all. But when you have a staff like this, you can lean on. With that being said, you've made it to the second round of playoffs your first year there, quarterfinals last season. With all of these former head coaches, is the pressure on to make a championship run this year? How do you feel about that? Uh, you do realize I'm at Calford County, right? <laughs> I mean, is there even the more pressure? on every year. Are you, no, do you have beads of sweat? <laughs> yeah, the pressure's on every year, and uh, that, that, that's how this place is, but... That's what makes it fun. Uh-huh. I mean, that's what makes South Georgia football so great because the expectations are high. And you want that. You want to be at a place that expects things, that wants to be great and wants to be in the talk to win a state title every year and be a legitimate contender. Uh, we loved our chances last year. Unfortunately, our quarterback got hurt the last game of the year. Uh, and so we didn't have Xavier. Um, and so we, you know, I really hate that one happened because I, I, like, I loved that team. I thought you had a great shot at it. But, no, I, I think with this staff um, involved in these young people, I think that's very much you're going to continue to improve and improve and improve. And, and when you're at Colquitt, you're going to be in that discussion every year. You ought to be and you should be, and that should be the goal. 
Well, Coach, as always, it's great to catch up with you and get the early returns for what's going on down there in Moultrie. Uh, obviously, we'll be keeping an eye on what's going on at Colquitt County. Thanks for hanging out with us on the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast. And I'm sorry that you had to deal with the cardboard cutout version of me there in the <laughs> studio in Atlanta. Oh, ain't no problem, man. I, I appreciate y'all. And just, again, just what a great thing that you guys do there at GPB and John, what you've done for so many years just promoting how good high school football is in this state. You know, and I know it's going to sound like I'm a homer, but I'm just telling you, it's the best. I'm from Alabama, and I came to Georgia. Greenville, Alabama, yeah. That's right. I came here because how good high school football is in this state, and it's because people like you guys that just promote it so people can see how good good a state it is for high school football. So thank you. Always great to hear from Coach Rogers. He always has such informative things to say. And, and John, I've really enjoyed your company throughout the show and the interview. You know, it's been it's been fun. Yeah, and it's also I, I look like I'm an old high school football coach with the headset on and the, and the hat. Mm-hmm. I, I swear I'm about to bark out some kind of a defensive formation. <laughs> Uh, you know, that was uh, that was one of the things I give everybody there at GPB a lot of credit for uh, for, for gussing me up in two dimensions uh, to make sure that I'm still in my chair as a part of the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast. But uh, great games coming up here in week two, a lot of uh, programming across GPB and all of the networks. You've got a countdown to kickoff coming up Thursday at noon where we get to ask the insightful question, what's for lunch? Get to talk about a lot of the great games that are going to be going on around the state this week. And recruiting 2021, will uh, be we'll be talking. Matt and I will be talking, and you'll have uh, your interview with the stars as well. We'll be doing that on the paper release on Friday. So uh, a lot of stuff going on here as we get toward week two here on the network. Yeah, and people are watching and viewing this season. Numbers are up from last season. Thank you, everyone, to listening to the podcast each week. Recruiting 21, 2021, the first show, which is streaming on gbb.org slash sports. And I believe we have links on the social media platforms. Did fantastic last week. My Zoom interview was Todd Holcomb. I wanted to get things started and, and get his opinion on who his stars to watch were. But this week, it's going to be Buford senior safety Jake Pope. Uh, well, safety go. and wide receiver. So we'll be back at it with the player interviews going forward. So looking forward to that. Um, blogs are out. John, what are you writing about this week? Your your trip around the sun? It'll be, it could be the trip around the sun, but it also could be those who wanted to start their trip around the sun and didn't get the chance to do it. And so okay. there were some teams in it that were uh, set to go in week one, but didn't have the opportunity to do it for one reason or another. And obviously with COVID-19 concerns, we get to talk to Coach Rogers about that. Uh, you know, folks that had the false start. So we've got a, a lot of things to talk about with a lot of the coaches coming up in the next couple of days. And you'll be seeing those interviews coming up in the next little while on all of the, the GPB platforms. But uh, there's still a lot to, to tackle here when it comes to the 2021 football season. And so we'll be talking about it and everything else going on. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to catch up with folks about week one and those who didn't get the chance to have week one start week one. Yep, cannot wait to hear your interviews. First game set for September 10th. We are still waiting to announce that. I don't even think we've decided yet, so we always want to pick the best game, so we've still got a little bit of time. John, thank you for being here in the studio with me. I'm so glad that I was not alone in the studio. (laughs) This just made my whole week even better. I opened the show, so I'm going to let you close the show. Cardboard cutout, take it. Once again, thanks to Commander Sandy, to Jahi the Magnificent, and King James for being a part of the show and making the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast what it is every single week. 
Thanks to you for hanging out with us. Don't forget to like, friend, be a part of the conversation across GPB Sports Networks. It is Facebook. It is Instagram. It is Twitter. It is the YouTube channel. On your favorite podcatcher at gpb.org, find the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast with me. Next week, it'll be back in three dimensions with Hannah, as always, in three dimensions and with the incredible cast of folks that makes this happen every single For all of us here at GPB, play it safe, everybody. Enjoy your game. to you by the Georgia Governor's Office of Highway Safety, reminding you to buckle up, Georgia.